Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Emerson Lazio holding it down for us in the DraftKings studio in Boston. We got a great show for you guys today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us, leave us a five-star rating, and check us out live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern right here on DraftKings Network, our YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Roku, and more. You can also catch the best of Gojo and Golik every day from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, wherever you hear VEASAN on the radio. Fun one today, Rex Chapman, former Kentucky Hoop star and NBA star, stopping by. Going to talk about his new book that's coming out right now, relive uh, some very, listen, painful memories for him about uh, yeah. the path that his life went, uh, the the substance and gambling issues that he had later in his life, and uh, how he's trying to turn it all around now uh, to be the best version of himself. The NFL Combine that we'll certainly get to as well as we had guys on the field doing drills yesterday and had a couple of full-blown googly eyes moments as some of the best athletes <laughs> on the planet did really great athlete things. But, uh, Dad, if we're going to talk about that, we got to start with this Chemby game. And I'm trying to see if we can get Chemby to stick for the Chet Holmgren-Victor Wembyana <laughs> matchups between Oklahoma City and the San Antonio Spurs. I feel like Chemby's got real potential, and uh, that's because <laughs> the first time around, Remember what? What do you guys think of Chemby? First off, how does that how does I, that land for it, you? You guys are both. I debuted it for the first time for you. Chemby sounds like something I would read about on Urban Dictionary. I'm not going to lie; it doesn't sound appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I I actually kind of like it because it's easy because you can't really go the other way, right? You can't start it with Wemby. Wem, I don't know how you would finish that one. So Chemby, <laughs> I, I yeah, I think. I think Chemby is the way to go. I think it's a pretty good one. Well done. And uh, it should start with Wemby, though, for what he did last night. <laughs> 
It, it should, because that was a game where I, you looked up early and Chetton had actually gotten out to a pretty song, strong start. I think he had like yep. 11 points in the first quarter. And then after that, the game sort of turned. And listen, this is twofold. The Spurs got a big-time win, 132-118, over an Oklahoma City team that's vying for one of the top seeds in the Western Conference yep. right now. Has Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's been an MVP candidate. But Chet Holmgren and Wemby, we know, have been going back and forth for Rookie of the Year. And, Dad, the way that Victor Wembanyama pun uh, punctuated this one last night in a game where he finished with 28 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, Five blocks, including five made three-pointers and two back-to-back -back in the final three and a half minutes of this game to help put this on ice. Dad, I think the, the crowning moment of this game, though, is late in the game. You've got Victor Wembanyama jumping out to block a Chet Holmgren jump shot yep. at the top of the key. This image of... Chet Holmgren, who was a seven-foot-tall unicorn in his own right, who a year before, when we knew nothing about Victor Wembanyama, felt like the future of the sport. And here comes this pterodactyl man who all of a sudden seems much more aware of his body, in control of his game, and starting to get towards what looks like the beginning of the height of his powers, just sending it back to the student section. That's one of those nights, Dad, where, and I think a string of moments where we're seeing the Victor Wembanyama era in the NBA is very close to being at hand, and this dude might be everything we ever hoped he could be and more. Yeah, I mean, he's just fun watching because he's a unicorn. I mean, just seeing what he can do at that size is amazing. And as far as the, you know, the Chemby situation, this was their third matchup this year. The first one... Really kind of that feeling out, right? I think Wemby had eight points and Chet had nine points in that game. Second game, Wemby had 24, Chet had 17. This one, as you mentioned, you know, Wemby had the 28 points and Chet had 23 points. So getting better. The biggest thing team-wise is Oklahoma City won the first two games. San Antonio won this game. You know, and, and you, you, you look at from the team aspect – and you see now Denver just a half game away from Oklahoma City for that number two slot. Uh, and both just a, basically a game, game and a half away from Minnesota for the number one slot. So from a team aspect, that is going to be a fun race, as we've already talked about after the All-Star break, uh, to see finish up. But I, I'm with you on Wemby, and I, ju I just hope that they can build a good team around him because it's great to w watch these matchups, especially the size matchup. And I'm with you even after the points. It was that block at the end um, to help seal the deal. I just hope this team can become a competitive team. Right now, obviously, they're not 12 wins on the year. Had that, uh, you know, had long had losing streaks all throughout this year. So can they build, or is it how long is it going to be, I guess, until we're just watching them to see what Wemby does or watching them to see what Wemby does and to see where he can lead his team in the Western Conference? Yeah, because, Junior, I was going to say it's one thing to put up stats on, like, a cellar dweller here, but Holmgren has fit seamlessly into and has indeed helped fuel this legitimate championship contender and I still think it's going to take a Herculean effort for Holmgren to wrestle rookie of the year away from women Yama I just don't think it's going to happen but I don't think anybody out there should be distracted from the fact that both of these like rookie supernovas here are having seasons for the ages 
They are, but I guess the thing I would challenge, and the reason I'm confused, Dad, here by by your refrain of, well, let's hope, is the Spurs have a pretty good history of being able to build up quality teams around their stars. Like, this isn't some fledgling organization that struggled with this in the past, and so I feel pretty confident in saying, well, yeah, they've got a good enough track record of building up quality teams when presented, especially with star bigs, combined with the fact that everything Wemby's doing, like, you're right, we always get nervous about stat stuffers on bad teams. I would challenge anyone to show me what part of his game does not translate to being on a more competitive roster, especially the things that he can just do naturally defensively because he's a seven foot four tall pterodactyl man. I, listen, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I'll, I'll wait and see. You know, I, I know Greg Popovich and the Spurs have done this in the past, but Greg Popovich is way closer to the end of his coaching career than the middle or the beginning of his coaching career. So can they do this again while he's there? Uh, and if he's not there, can the next person do it? So, I, I yes, I, I know he's done it in the past, but just because you did it in the past, I, I, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt he's going to do it again? Okay, I'm, yes. I'm kind of going to wait and see <laughs> because – I, the reason I'm going to wait and see is because Popovich, as I said, I think is closer to the end, and, and, I, and I don't know about the time factor in building this team up. Dad, I'm going to give you about two more weeks. I'm going to give you about two more weeks to see if you want to join okay. Wemby Island. And if you don't, what I'm going to do is I'm going to close the doors to Wemby Island. Remember at the beginning of the Patrick Mahomes era in Kansas City when you doubted, and then all of a sudden on the back half of that, you had to live with your take for the rest of your life now. Do you really want, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back, I, doubting that Victor Wembyama will bring an usher in the return of the Spurs? I don't doubt Wem Wemby and his talents, like I questioned putting Mahomes in, you know, over Alex Smith right in the beginning. I'm not questioning Wemby and what he does. He oh. is going to be a star. I'm questioning what's going to happen on the Riverwalk. You know, are they going to be able to build that team there in San Antonio? And I don't know. I, I, I will, if you want to lean toward giving them the benefit of the doubt because they've done it, I understand that. But it's been a while. Been a bit, hadn't it? Been a bit. Since we talked about them, and that's that's where I'm going. It's great, and, and that's the beauty also about the NBA is you can enjoy watching a singular superstar on a team. It is fun to watch, uh, but I just I, I wonder if this team will be able to build competitively around him. Oh, I mean, you know how this will go, though, if they're not competitive for very long or they don't get to postseason reps soon, is we're going to come for him. That's how this works. We don't allow NBA superstars, oh, yeah. maybe sans yep. what we did for Dame Lillard for almost a decade, to just exist in their ecosystem and be quality players. And I mean, God, with Wemby, it's the coolest part with him is he seems to get it. Like, we talk about so many young guys who are trying to figure out who they are or trying to figure out how to be leaders and stars, and they have so much asked of them. And Wemby's this, what, 20-year-old sensation who's walking in here yeah. and after the game quoting Kobe Bryant when he's being interviewed. He's on the mic thanking the home San Antonio crowd and leading cheers with them while David Robinson looks on like a proud parent. Like, he just seems to have <laughs> internalized so much of the game that vets want to give him early on that having a guy who that is also like intrinsically motivated is talked about around the all-star break hey we're not winning games right now that's what I'm supposed to be doing so none of this really matters 
all of that just seems to be the kind of thing that's a legitimate, and it's not even saying, like I say, I'm going to say culture changer, knowing full well what I just said. The San Antonio Spurs are not a place that we associate with a bad basketball culture, but that kind of work right. ethic from your star player and that kind of attitude, if it's truly what we get behind closed doors with him, is the kind of stuff that makes all-time greats. Like this guy was t- said best prospect since LeBron James. And right now, based on what we're seeing, I had my doubts about that early on. Those doubts are erased. I I get it. I get what everyone was talking about here because this is just stuff you don't see. I agree. I agree with everything you said individually about Wemby. I I absolutely agree. All I'll say is is for San Antonio, you know what, what goes on. The clock is ticking, right? The clock is ticking. Man, all right, your doubts. Listen, you got two more weeks, and I'm closing the doors to Wemby Island. I'm closing them. I'm closing them. Okay. I'm on Wemby Island. I don't know if I'm on San Antonio's Riverwalk. That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. You can get in trouble in that Riverwalk, San Antonio, I I love the Riverwalk. It's great. I do, You know what? You're you're getting very close to Charles Barkley territory with your San Antonio slander right now. You're very close, bud. Now, your dad's a much better golfer. Your dad's a much better golfer. (laughs) <laughs> he does love churros, though. I will say that. Um, you know who else loves yes, churros? I do. The big fellas that were on the mat in Indianapolis yesterday at the Combine. Speaking of your boy, Pat Mahomes' dad, they did him so dirty at the Combine oh, yesterday. Man. Pat Mahomes gets on Twitter, and he's the best player in the NFL. He's rocking back-to-back Super Bowls. The guys, you want to talk about a young superstar who understands and plays the game the right way in terms of how he leads, how he conducts himself in front of the media, all that stuff. And Pat Mahomes went on Twitter with one simple request. Hey, Combine. I've done a lot. Hey, NFL Network, I've been great for this league. Can you guys just stop showing my slow 40 time and using it to overlay with faster big people who are outrunning me? And so, of course, like any good troll of producers do, the NFL media truck immediately started putting up Patrick (laughs) Mahomes, especially uh, right next to, it was, I believe, the D-lineman from Texas Tech, uh, Miles Cole, who went out there Miles and outran Cole. Patrick Mahomes at, I believe, 278 pounds yesterday. Uh, and Mahomes had to watch in real time as the Combine just took his words and used them against him. So that's a tough scene right there, Dad, where you have that for him and then Tom Brady actually running a faster 40 than he ran yeah. at his Combine now at 40-whatever years old he is. Yeah, I think 45, 46 he ran a faster 40 than he did when he was uh, at, the, uh, at the NFL Combine back in 99. Uh, and he said he's going to run it faster again next year. Kudos to him. The man is – there ain't no doubt he's aging like a fine wine for sure. And, but some of these That's young guys, man, they – Well, I mean, athletes now, Mike, I mean, with their size and their speed, again, I don't know how much – again, what we talk about putting into the Combine, but watching these athletes perform is, is pretty impressive. Oh, it was yesterday was a good reminder of why the combine works, because at some point watching freaks do freaky things always going to be box office. I've said I come to sports and and everyone's got different reasons they watch sports. But I have always said I came to sports to watch people that were bigger and faster than I could ever imagine do things on the field, court, or ice that I could never comprehend. And yesterday fell into that category with some of the guys that we saw out there. Dad, was there anyone that stuck out to you in particular of the combine performances yesterday as we were all sitting around and mainlining this thing? Well, I mean, you you look at it, my former position, though – 
going into the, the NFL at D-Tackle, Brandon Fisk, the kid from Florida State. I mean, for, forgetting the 40 time, I know we'll look at the 40 time, but I don't care about the 40 time uh, for an O lineman or a D lineman. I don't care. I saw him, four, when seven, I eight, saw though. him get off, I was sitting here. Uh, no, the 478, listen, phenomenal stuff. But more importantly to me, when he took off, I was sitting there with your mother and I was like, oh man, shot out of a cannon. And that to me is the most important thing. Give me the 10. Give me how quickly you get to the 10, how, which means how quick are you getting off the ball? And that's what this guy is going to be able to do with that three technique is create, you know, penetration into the backfield. Uh, and, and he's quick. And that that's what mattered to me. Again, the 40 is cool. The 40, the vert, all that, all that basically w- whatever you want to say about it says, okay, I can see that translating onto the field with what he does. Because we, when we saw Jordan Davis, the big dude from Georgia, went to Philly, he ran that fast 40. But we had seen that in his play. We had seen his get-off in the play, uh, how well he could do. And I'm more concerned, like I said, in that 10 area of what he did. And when I saw him take off, man, I thought, and then do the drills. He's got some quick feet. So for a guy that size, I think it was a little over 290, a little under 295, to move that way was pretty damn impressive. I just think the cool part about yesterday, at least, and this is the first group of guys that were on the field and the defensive linemen and the linebackers is so much of what we saw on the field matched what we saw on the actual field from these guys when they were playing ball in college, right? We talked the other day and said, hey, Peyton Wilson, linebacker out of NC State, going to be a fun 40-yard dash because he's like the Terminator hawking dudes down on the field and sure enough, runs the fastest 40 time among linebackers with a 4-4-3. We talked about Chop Robinson from Penn State, one of their great edge rushers and a defense that just seemed to be built fully of edge rushers. We remember the Michigan game where they had to completely alter their game plan because in the first few plays of the game, these guys were wrecking it, and Chop Robinson runs the four, has the top five in the 40, the broad jump, and the shuttle, including a 40-yard yep. dash time of 4-4-8 at his size. You've got all these dudes that have gone out there and seem to live up to the hype, but, Dad, we talked about the odd couple out of Texas, and, man, Watching yes. these dudes cook and Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, both in very let me tell you what, Byron Murphy might have been the single most impressive dude in terms of going out there and just underwear Olympics in this thing, where the eye test is like, wait a minute, this dude looks linebacker yep. jacked and appears to move that well, but he's almost a 300 pound defensive tackle. Damn. That guy looked like DT1 out there yesterday yeah. and had looked like DT1 on tape all fall. Well, and a lot because the kid, I'm drawing a blank on his name, the kid from Illinois, is it Newton? Johnny Newton, uh, who isn't participating in any of the drills. Uh, So this, they say, gave this chance uh, now to to Byron to try and take over that spot. Again, you're not taking over something because of what you did in shorts and a T-shirt. But that doesn't take away from how well prepared they are you know, to come out and do what they do. It just, every year, Mike, guys, this size to move the way they do is is just amazing to me. But I, I just hate reading lines after about a player. Uh, I could certainly see him getting drafted higher than expected after a good night in Indy. I mean, no. I mean, a good night in Indy makes you go back and watch tape again. You know, you had a guy who looked real. What about a guy who looks really good on tape? I was reading about someone, an edge rusher, um, I think it was Austin Booker from Kansas, who whose 40 didn't match his speed on the field. And people are starting to head scratch a little bit. Why? 
Why, why would you hedge that, that? That This is the part that gets me, Mike, is you see him do it on the field because he doesn't have a straight line 40 time. Now you're going to question what you saw on the field. That's the stuff I don't understand about the combine. Yeah, I think I can understand looking at an overall athletic profile and saying when you put it all together, if a guy's not very explosive and not very fast and you see him playing well, but he's doing it against competition that's a little bit further down the rung and you have questions about, well, what's he going to do when pressed against better athletes? And is this a way that we can start to pry and project that? I can understand that. But, Dad, I think the thing that you pointed to is what people do go back to is when they say, oh, he could go higher than expected now, it's because people are going to go back and see, hey, did I miss something? In the evaluation right. of this prospect here, did I see everything? Was I as cued in on this particular guy as I needed to be? Or is there something else that I need to go back and try and find to see if it matches this eye-popping display of athleticism? Right. I think it was Mike Mayock that used to say that all the time, is you'd hear him covering the combine, and he would just go, well, I'm going to have to go back and watch the tape again right. after seeing right. what he saw. So I think these are all just arrows that point you back towards the main glut of your evaluation. They're just really fun very fast arrows and i would want to i'd be remiss if i didn't get this one in the funnest and fastest arrow from yesterday that should signal a shift in the way we're thinking about drafting linebackers did you hear this nugget from daniel jeremiah yesterday dad no they were talking about the linebackers and edifuan ulifoshio the linebacker out of washington right. his name means not afraid of war if you're an nfl <laughs> team that is what you've always wanted from your linebacker, a man who is literally, quite literally, not afraid of war. So good luck to everyone else in draft season trying to top that nugget from the group that we saw yesterday. We'll get to the group that's coming up this weekend here next on Gojo and Golik. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Uh, Dad, as combine season and combine brain is now fully in effect, 
I was amazed yesterday. I, I, I was wondering how we were going to evolve the quarterback debate because we've spun it around so many times already. Yeah. And with a group of quarterbacks as tantalizing as this one has been, and with all the questions about Caleb Williams and would he, won't he, to Chicago going number one, and Drake May and his place in all of this as we've talked about them as 1A, 1B, I didn't know where we'd go next. And then I saw our buddy Dan Orlovsky ESPN NFL analyst go on get up the other day and say he would actually take Jaden Daniels the Heisman Trophy winner out of LSU number one overall said that he has the best balls versus man coverage said that what he's done is a dual threat guy there what he does from a clean pocket all these reasons that he gave and the one thing we know is Dan Orlovsky's doing the work like Dan's not just saying this out of nowhere he watches the tape he watches as much as anybody and goes through it and has clearly fallen into this place with Jaden Daniels that we've seen others right we've seen him matriculate up draft boards field Yates came on with us and had him going ahead of Drake May in a way that surprised me in his first mock draft so what have you made of this rise postseason of Jaden Daniels up draft board so far dad well I mean I look at just about any mock draft and God knows there's a lot of them out there I think just I think the higher percentage now has Jaden Daniels going ahead of Drake May has him going second to the commanders uh, I don't think Jaden's going to go number one listen it, it is I mean, to look at what he does in the landscape of today's NFL, I mean, how could your mouth not be watering for the fact that he throws the ball well and his, his elusiveness running the ball? I mean, this is, this is a two-time MVP in Lamar Jackson, you know, as far as his ability to escape and be unbelievably dangerous with his legs. I remember we were watching him, Mike, as a, as a freshman at Arizona State, you know, the skinny little kid. Now, it's not like he's packed on tons of pounds either. You know, he, he's still not, not the, the, the biggest guy in the world. But, man, can he move and can he throw? I don't think it's going to change. I think Caleb will go number one. But I seem just about everybody now put him over Drake May, more, more the pocket guy. Can certainly hurt you with his legs for sure. The biggest of the quarterbacks we're talking about. Uh, both throw, both throw. Drake May and Jaden throw a nice deep ball, nice touch on their deep ball for sure. Um, but it, it, all, all the analysts who are breaking down, and again, when they, it's a lot of times it's when they do a mock draft, it's who they think the team should take or who they think the team is going to take. But I see a lot now that say Jaden Daniels going second to Washington. And listen, the grades are going to be close for these all three of these guys, right? Caleb Williams. Uh, Jaden Daniels and Drake May depends on your offense depends on your coordinator depends on what kind of you know this better than anybody what kind of offense you're going to run uh, what fits better I still say you know that marriage of Luke Getze and, and, and Justin Fields just didn't work uh, in in the pros uh, for for the Bears so you have to see what that relationship is going to be like and then you have your grade and you take your shot if you had the chance for him and and then let's be honest, you hope a little bit because you know not all five quarterbacks in the first round are going to be are going to make it. You know, two to three are going to be busts. It's interesting with Daniels, and we had some of this conversation last year around Bryce Young, is the outliers in terms of their physical profile. I saw Nate Tice over at Yahoo Sports wrote a great article breaking down Jaden Daniels as a prospect and talked about he might weigh under 205 pounds. It's going to be interesting what he clocks in at there. Right. But as Nate pointed out, 
the list of quarterbacks that have succeeded in the NFL under that weight have been pretty short. Since 2000, there have been five quarterbacks under 205 pounds that have a single season starting 14 or more games. That's the only threshold. They've even started 14 or more games in a season. It's Aaron Brooks, Kirk Cousins, Doug Flutie, Jeff Garcia, and Bryce Young, who is the only first-round pick to do so, by the way, and did it just last year. And so there is not a long history. And that's what we talk about with the combine and a lot of these measurables is looking for historical outliers, and that's what Jaden Daniels at this weight would be. And given his play style, Dad, that's the part that worries me is you brought, you're right with all the gifts. He is reckless and careless with his body. Yeah. And I don't know if that's something at this point because he's also mature in his football career. You mentioned he's played a lot of ball. Like this isn't yep. some guy you're yep. taking a risk on talent and hoping it develops. This is a guy who's a multi-year starter at the big-time college football level who still, even this last year, could not be bothered to take care of his body. And so I hope for his sake that improves because if not, he's going to run into a group of bigger, faster, stronger athletes that are going to break him in half. Yeah, he is. But 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 remember, we talked about this with Lamar when he's gotten hurt. Lamar has gotten hurt in the pocket, not when he's been running. So there's you can be careless given your situation when you're so much better athlete than everybody else. Now Lamar is proving he's just, you know, even on a higher level when he takes off and run as well. He's also we'll a lot bigger Jayden than Daniels Jayden was. Can, he he is. Yes, he is. Um but well Jaden's going to have Jaden is either going to learn the easy way or the hard way, right? On on what to do and what you can get away with in the NFL. And a lot of times, a guy is going to go with what he's normally done, and that's to try and make the play and be, and if he's a reckless guy, to continue to be reckless until that could be coached out of him. Or, quite honestly, you know, you take that hit one time, you get up and your eyes are watering and your nose bleeds, and you go, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this as much anymore. I can still do damage, you know, without being reckless. So that's going to be a big thing is his ability to learn the difference of when to get the extra yards, when to hit the ground, when to run out of bounds. Uh, he's going to have to learn that in a hurry, especially if he's going to get taken in this tax bracket. Again, I said top three would be too rich for my taste, but apparently that's not rich enough for some yep. people. Dad, what about the guys we're going to see up today, tight ends and defensive backs coming up here pretty soon uh, on Friday? You've got Brock Bowers as the headliner for this class, and I think a healthy debate now about how high a guy like Brock Bowers go, Dad. When you've seen the conversation around tight end, how comfortable would you be taking top Brock Bowers in the top 10 of this draft if you're a team? Well, I mean, look at what tight ends can do, the better tight ends. Forgetting even going talking about you know a future Hall of Famer and Travis Kelsey and Kittle, who was George Kittle, who was actually the All-Pro this year, had the year. But those are arguably the two best. But we've seen other really good tight ends. But look at the impact, Mike, of the two of, of two of the rookie tight ends in Dalton. We mentioned before Dalton and Buffalo and Sam Laporta. It was a huge part of this team of of Detroit making the rise that they're making in the NFL. Set all kind of rookie records at that tight end position. They're such a weapon now. And this guy is a receiving tight end. I'll be interested to see his weight. He's two. 230 from can he touch 240 or is he in the 230s uh, but this was a guy right out of the gate was so incorporated into that Georgia game plan whether as, as I said he was attached slot or out at a wide receiver so he has all those elements he has every single tool that you need you know say for you know, I, we're, we're not going to ask a high high picked tight end to come in and be this massive blocker you know, it's just not really going to happen. You know, you know, we, we see what George Kittle does. I get it. George Kittle's an animal blocker, that Iowa uh, blood there. 
Uh, so I'm not worried about that. But I think, Mike, if you have that need there, this guy can be a, a game changer on your offensive side of the ball, especially if you have threats on the outside of wide receiver, what he can do to the middle of the field. This guy is that slashy wide receiver tight end. I think he'd be a monstrous for a team. He said a few weeks ago, Junior, that he would prefer to play for the Titans. He was asked, where would you like to play? He said, Tennessee, seventh overall pick there. Yeah, I think Tennessee's got too many other needs, especially at like premium positions along the offensive line and defense. That that's probably and that's going to be the issue is is forgetting even because I've seen Daniel Jeremiah, who does a great job, move the sticks podcast, talked about positional value based on the top the top dollars paid to veteran tight ends versus what you have to pay a first rounder. You don't get the same savings right. you get at other positions, but. It, you're still trying to pay for future services render. You're trying to pay for if he blows up and turns into Travis Kelsey, but there's also the need factor of this, and tight end is not one of those foundational positions in the same way that tackle and quarterback and defensive back necessarily are. I've always thought in that range around Seattle at 16, Cincinnati at 18 of teams that could absorb him in a way that really helps, because like, Dad, you said to your point, this has an argument to be the most accomplished tight end in the history of modern football. Yeah. He's the first ever back-to-back -back Mackey Award winner for the best tight end in college football. He is one of three players in Georgia football history to be a three-time first-team All-American. It's him, David Pollock, and Herschel Bleeping Walker as the three players with that <laughs> distinction in Georgia football history. So he's going to come in and make an impact. It's just a matter of where you are as a team and do you have other needs in a draft that's rich in wide receiver talent, quarterback, and tackle. I think that unfortunately pushes a great player a little bit further down than we'd expect. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, one of the best parts of the scouting combine, it give, gives prospects here the chance to, to speak their voice for better or for worse. So, Gojo, on Thursday, and as the first group of players hit the field for evaluation in Indianapolis, we have two prospects, not one but two, really turning heads here after unleashing some wild conspiracy theories during interviews. So, first, you have Illinois tight end Tip Ryman revealing that he is a living, breathing member of the Birds Are Not Real movement, asking reporters questions like, have you ever seen a baby pigeon? Okay, so Tip may just be 
playing along here because the whole birds aren't real movement is this sarcastic take on conspiracy theories. And then there's also Texas Tech defensive back Tyler Owens, who told Bleacher Report, I do not believe in space. I don't think there's like other <laughs> planets and stuff like that. He then went on to say flat earth theories have some valid points. Tell me this, which one are you more on board with, Gojo? Oh, way more on board with birds aren't real. <laughs> yes. Like, I know you spent all morning looking up baby pigeon pictures and talking <laughs> about pigeon milk and how they're monogamous partners and all that. Yes, so yep. you can unload those at any time. But I've, I've seen the other planets enough to feel pretty confident in their existence. <laughs> but I will say... This is exactly the kind of mentality. Like, this is like a reminder that this is all dating, right? The combine, the NFL draft, it's all dating. And it's about the red flags that you're willing to ignore. Because the other thing about Texas Tech defensive back Tyler Owens is he's like a 10, 200 meters guy who's at 218 pounds, expected to, I think, run like in the four twos in terms of his 40. And so oh. if he does that, Everyone's going to be looking the other way on all this weird stuff he said about outer space going, listen, I don't need you to work in that space. I need you to work in the space in the defensive backfield. And if you can do that really fast, I will ignore all of this nonsense. Well, that's the thing. Can, can either one of these guys put up numbers that make you forget about what they said? <laughs> and, and what I'm not going to lie. This could be another Golic senior versus the Internet. Yeah. Is there a theory out there of, no, of birds aren't real? I yeah. mean, I've never heard of that in my life. Okay, now so, this is something. So here, here we go, senior. The birds aren't real movement claims that birds were once real but have now been replaced by drones. Um, that was back in 2001. The new robot birds are used to monitor Americans. This was first conceived by a college student in 2017. The conspiracy theory claims that in the 1950s, the CIA was faced with two problems. Had a survey and keep an eye on the entire U.S. population and how to stop birds pooping on their fancy CIA cars. Okay, I mean, this seems <laughs> to me like the younger generation who, who thinks this just has too much time on their hands. Uh, it's true. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I've never heard that one before in my life. I'm, I'm not even going to sit here and, and, and comment. I don't, I don't care what he thinks because I think he's wrong. He can think he's right. But what a waste of breath to have a debate about it, quite honestly. Same with the planets. I mean, to, there's one thing to be a flat earther. There's another thing to think there's nothing in space. There's nothing in the universe but us is one of the most in my opinion, ridiculous thoughts there can be. But again, have your opinion. Do do whatever you want. I mean, have it because I'm not going to get into in the debate on it. I got a lot better thing. I got a lot better, really? you know, uh, streaming oh, wow. shows on Netflix to watch than to get into some debate on whether there's planets or not. Before I texted you that picture of a baby pigeon this morning, though, have you ever seen a baby pigeon? Have I? Yeah, yeah. I... I I don't recall in all my time that uh, I saw one or needed uh, to see one to validate the existence uh, okay, of birds. Okay, big man. Okay, bucko. No. Just stop it. <laughs> Both of you, just stop asking, it. Just asking the question. I, what I appreciated most from Tyler Owens is that he just did the one thing. You threw in one smart word to validate your entire argument. And I think he mentioned heliocentric, uh, the idea of like the heliocentric theory that the earth revolved around the sun. And he talked about that before he said, you know, then I read some of the flat earth stuff and they made some valid points. Once you introduce a word like that, most people are going to go, oh, this guy might know what he's talking about. Yeah. Heliocentric. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're not big, we're not big on that. big words here on this show. No, <laughs> no. You know what we are no. big on? Big men and big prize. 
prospects. Yeah. So, Dad, we've got the rest of the weekend in the combine coming up right now. We've got tight ends and defensive backs. We've got the quarterbacks, receivers, and backs coming up. We're going to have offensive linemen on Sunday. So I'm going to give you the whole weekend of combine viewing as we all park our asses firmly in seats to watch these hosses do work. Which group are you most excited about? And are there a couple of prospects you're jacked up to see go run around in their underwear? Well, for me, it would be the old lineman on Sunday, just like yesterday. I love watching big guys move, right? I mean, that's just – we've covered a lot of these guys playing, but then to see them in this underwear Olympics, to see them move is, is really an amazing thing. So I'm always more amazed at, at the bigger guys and what they can do. Quarterbacks, listen, we know that what Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels aren't throwing here. So it gives the likes of J.J. McCarthy and Penix and Bo Nix and Spencer Rattler a chance to be, to be looked at. I wonder who has a bigger medical eval to give the doctors, Michael Penix or Peyton Wilson from North Carolina State uh, from the injury side and the doctors looking at them. That will be an interesting one as well. As far as a, a prospect, Mike, I'm going to go to Notre Dame, Audric Estime. I, I'm really curious as to this guy just absolutely exploded onto the scene in college football this year. Just a huge, big time, big, strong, fast running back. Nothing like seeing a guy bigger than you run away from you when he hits the open field. And Estime has done that. So you know he's going to be ready to go for this, as, as most guys are. As I said, this is their interview. But I am, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what this physical specimen does with these drills. I am so excited for the – and the NFL yeah. is kind of meeting – like I, every year watching draft Twitter and draft uh, reporters meet our sweet children from the college football ranks is always a joy. And to see the reception that Audric's already gotten from so many people, he's a thick McRun fast. Nothing that big should move yeah. that well. The first play of the yeah. NC State game post-rain delay, when he pops a counter and takes it to the house like 65 yards, you saw speed that should not exist for a guy that's probably going to be above 230 pounds. Legit Jerome yep. Bettis vibes coming out of the big back from South Bend. And so I have been trying to form a little prayer circle as we have seen the Baltimore Ravens, knowing that J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are free agents right now. They've got Keaton Mitchell as lightning in the backfield. Bring in the thunder. I want to see Audrey Estime wearing purple and black. And that is what I will continue to will into the universe. Dad, I'm glad you mentioned the beef on Sunday, though. Sweet Christ, do we have a fun group of offensive <laughs> linemen coming up in this draft right now. Obviously, the headliners are boy Joe Alt out of Notre Dame, who is OT1 for me. Yep. I think he is the perfect combination of insane physical gifts. I want to see his measurements. The wingspan shows up on tape. The height, when you see him in person, he's just so broad and hard to get around, but also incredibly technically sound. He's really strong. He can do a better job getting some pop out of the hips, but overall, everything you love there. There. Olu Fashanu out of Penn State, one of the most gifted athletes in this draft. His lower body power is insane. He's a Mack truck. But, man, I, there's a couple of guys in here that are fascinating to me in terms of what they could do at other positions. Talise Fuaga out of Oregon State, the right tackle from there, certified road grader. One of the cleanest technical prospects in the draft. If you kick him down to guard, you might have a guy that's like a future pro bowler. Like, he could be that good. He's a, I think, like 6'6", 332 pounds coming out right now. So there's an incredible group of gazelles on the perimeter that I think are going to have a chance to come in and impact these groups pretty early on. 
Yeah, I, I really like watching these guys move, especially the tackles with their hands and their feet. And Joe Alt, again, makes me feel old because I played against his dad. And his dad, <laughs> his, his dad was 6'8". Dad was 6'8", right around Damn. 300. So their bodies are similar. I think, I think Joe is 6'7". But yeah, the dad, when he was, I played against him when he was with the, uh, the Chiefs. So, I mean, and to go and watch this kid do what he's doing, he, he's, he's got just what you need on the outside, hands and feet. But uh, again, watching large individuals do things they do at the size they're at is impressive to me. So that's why... And they moved O-line to Sunday this year. I don't think the ratings have been great on Sunday, and I know they flip it every now and then. So they moved the O-line to Sunday, and everybody loves watching the O-linemen. So that'll get a good rating. Yeah, you hear that, America? Beef rates. Football's a very simple game at its core. I've always said this. It's why the thick six, an offensive or defensive line touchdown, is such a beautiful thing. Because at its core, football's about getting your best athletes the ball in space. And all we're going to do on Sunday (laughs) is give some of the best athletes on the planet a whole lot of space to go and paint their masterpiece in front of everybody in Indianapolis. God bless you, large boys. Well, we all knew this day was coming. I know Iowa fans were hoping it would be another year from now, but basketball star Caitlin Clark, the phenom who has overtaken the sport in America and the world, announcing yesterday, guys, that she is declaring for the WNBA draft, making the announcement with one game remaining on the regular season schedule and weeks after breaking the NCAA women's scoring record here. Likely bound for Indiana, the Fever holding that number one pick in April's draft here, Gojo. And by the way, the ticket for her last game this weekend, I think it's the most expensive ever for women's basketball. Yeah, that's been kind of the the standard for her is every time a new ticket goes up for her, it breaks the old record. And shout out to the Indiana Fever, by the way. As soon as this announcement went up, so did their season ticket sale promotion on Twitter. Uh That's playing the game the right way. Chestnut checkers getting butts in seats. But, uh, Dad, obviously this was something most of us figured was coming for a woman that's expected to be the number one overall pick in the draft and comes with all this fanfare around her. I was amazed how quickly we have still devolved in the public conversation. I shouldn't say we. Darren Ravel made the tweet oh. that ultimately got everyone oh. fired up yesterday with that common refrain that we've heard surrounding Caitlin Clark and the conversation about her going to the next level. I think to, um might have been Mike Wilbon on PTI might have thrown something out like this too. I don't want to put the words in his mouth, so maybe I'll throw that away. But this idea that Caitlin Clark as Darren Ravel put it, is getting ready to take a $750,000 pay cut as she goes to the next level. Dad, this has persisted in the face of concrete information that's been reported about Caitlin Clark and the nature of what she makes in college. I know we live in a day and age where it is confusing when you hear NIL in college and what that actually entails for a lot of people. Because it started off with, oh, what you could make advertising for a local car dealership or doing a commercial. And then it morphed into these collectives that are pseudo pay for play. And I get it's very confusing. So we can state this pretty clearly. The reporting around Caitlin Clark has indicated for a while 
The money she is making in NIL is without taking a single dollar from their collective. I believe it was right. because she wanted that collective to be able to give money to other players on her team because she's making six figures, high six figures from right. all the different brand deals that you've seen her as a part of. You've seen her as a part of national ads with all variety of different people that are still going to want to pay her money to represent her product when right. she's playing professional basketball as opposed to college basketball. And dad, this framework is used as a way to be demeaning to the WNBA world. Yeah, she's not going to make yep. a base salary that's as high as her NBA counterparts. Everybody knows that, but she also doesn't become unmarketable as soon as she steps foot off a college basketball court. And I think that's part of the reason that's been so frustrating for so many people. Yeah, uh, Darren putting her her deals as her salary and comparing that to what the top four picks make in the WNBA draft this year, the first year, they'll make a $76,000 base and then a $78,000 base. But to your point, there are 11 different companies that she represents to make over $900,000. It's not like those are going away. As you said, none of those have to do with the collective of for Iowa. It's, it's companies uh, that are using her that are, are going to continue to use her name, image, and likeness, yeah. and she'll make this money when she's in the WNBA as well. So I, I'm with you. I mean, she is making money now, and she's going to make even more money, and she's going to have even more sponsors because she is it right now. And how great is it for the fever to be able to get her? That's about a, what, a four or five-hour drive from the her crazy oh, yeah. fans there in Iowa to drive up? I mean, it is. it couldn't be set up better uh, for the Indiana Fever and the WNBA where Caitlin Clark's going to go. Yeah, those fans traveled to Seattle and Dallas to see Clark lead Iowa's like magical run over the years here, dudes. And the league has already recognized, too, this week, talking to WNBA, that it should lean into Clark mania sooner rather than later. It also announced on Wednesday, guys, that for the first time since 2016, the draft is going to be held with fans in attendance. It's it, it all you're right, and it feels feels like curry mania, right? The yeah. people showing up to watch her warm up and getting there earlier, right. and it's absolutely right to capitalize. It puts a ton of pressure and a bullseye on her walking right into the league, where I'm sure veteran players are all going to look and say, "We're not going to let this rookie come in and get over on us." But I do think the thirty thousand foot view is this is a rising tide that can help continue to lift what's been a rising ship in the WNBA, something that's been able to draft off the popularity of the names and stars involved with a couple of the super teams that we've talked about extensively in Las Vegas and in New York, and just the idea that, again, the whole framework of this is to try and make the WNBA seem lesser. That's what people like Darren do with comments like this, is try and make it seem like, oh, well, she's going to this lesser model. Well, no, no, no. She's still going to be insanely popular. The women in this league are still going to be insanely popular and still going to make the money she was making at the college level. It doesn't just end that day, but again, it's improper framework. It's disingenuous, and I'd expect someone like Darren and Ravel to know a lot better than he's displayed so far. Yep, I would I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Listen, it's Caitlin Clark's world right now. We're all just orbiting around it as she leaves uh, college basketball after this year. And Mike, one of our own at Notre Dame, is making a, a an incredible start to her college career. Hannah Hidalgo, the guard, freshman guard from Notre Dame. Notre Dame just number 17, knocked off number five. What was it, Virginia Tech, uh, I believe. And yep. she's the leading scorer in the ACC. She's the third leading scorer in the country. 
behind Caitlin Clark and Juju Watkins from USC, who another freshman who's having a monster season as well, uh, and then Hannah Hidalgo. So uh, it has been really impressive what she has done and mentioning Juju and now Hannah as two young ladies who are up and coming and will continue on in college. We have had so many stars in college basketball in the last few years on the women's side. But you're right. As we're getting ready for this void, as some of the best are going to graduate out and go on to the W, where you can still watch and play basketball, really high-level basketball. Right. They don't end there as much as people would like you to believe. But if you're looking for who's got next at the NCAA level, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Hannah Hidalgo is a dog. She has been a full-blown dog. You could argue Notre Dame walked into this season missing their best player. Olivia Miles is still dealing with yep. the remnants of an injury from seasons prior. They interviewed her on the sideline of last game. They're not going to get her back until next year, it looks like. And when they do, buddy, watch out for yep. the Irish. Because Hannah Hidalgo, you're right, Dad, had already set the Notre Dame freshman scoring record. Last night broke the ACC freshman scoring record, passing the 660-point mark. And just plays with a passion and energy that changes the outcome of an entire game. She's got an infectious personality around there. South Bend's used to having star players. We've seen it over the yep. years between Skylar Diggins when I was in school, Jewel Lloyd, Arike Ngumbawale, all these great names, and they have stumbled onto yet another incredible young woman who's going to go out here and be the face of college basketball soon. I saw the China Robinson tweet yep. it last night. Put Notre Dame on as many national games as you can in the next three years because you've got the next college basketball superstar, both in production and in personality, who's ready for the moment. I think the WNBA could Yeah, you do. I mean, between her... Go ahead. I'm sorry, senior. I'm sorry, Emerson. Between her and Juju Watkins, again, USC is sitting at number seven yeah. in the country. Juju Watkins, a freshman as well, a 6'2 freshman. So these are two players and two teams, certainly, to keep an eye on. I mean, I think the WNBA could be that league that benefits most from NIL, like, right now, because you had players in the past, like Maya Moore, Candace Parker. The name recognition, like, wasn't there for them. But you have young stars like Hidalgo here and also Caitlin Clark, who's their big names to enter the league because they're basically able to reach an audience broader than sports because of NIL here, which could help take the WNBA to that next financial tier over the years. Well, I think it's about platforming too, right? Yeah. We've seen more of these games winding up on ABC and E1, and we've seen the numbers and the ratings that have been done in the women's tournament when this has gone on. You've seen compelling characters like Angel Reese and the back and forth between her and Caitlin Clark as LSU won the title last year. A sport where only the coaches, and this has been true of a lot of college sports, where only the coaches for so long were allowed to be the stars and mainstays. But women's basketball's got a couple of things that work in its favor, and one of them is you've always been more inclined to have players stay in college for longer and that gives you more time to get familiar with them and now if you take that and you platform it the way that they've been recently and people get to see them and get to know the names more you're more inclined to take that next step and move to the next level with these women as they transition to the professional game that's been around there for a while and has a lot of those compelling names from yesteryear in women's college basketball so a big congratulations to Caitlin Clark first and foremost, on her decision, on her career, and what she's been as a role model around college basketball. And best of luck at the next level, still counting fistfuls of cash from all of the advertising deals that will still absolutely be there for you when you get there.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.